Well, hello there, you lovely people. Welcome to this episode of the Speak Up podcast with Laura Camacho. I'm the culture fixer, the communication coach, and I'm always bringing you interesting people to talk about different aspects of succeeding at work through better communication. And you are going to love today's conversation. I cannot believe how fortunate we are to have Sarah K. Ramsey, who lives in the great state of Tennessee. And listen to this. She is a toxic person proof expert. So she is the alpha and the omega of dealing with toxic people, right? Not that any of us know anything about that. And she's going to talk to us about dealing with toxic people, um, making better decisions, spotting, spotting narcissists, She's going to, she's has uh, experience with coaching with the high performance program that Tony Robbins has. So we're going to get a little insight into that. We're going to talk about culture and solutions-based thinking. So welcome to Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast, Sarah. We're glad to have you here. Thank you, Laura. I am so happy to be here. And so I know it seems like it's multifaceted, you know, what you're talking about in the solution-based thinking and high performance and, and avoiding toxic relationships, but it's not at all, no. right? Because if we are spending, I think talk, becoming toxic person-proof is one of the most missed out golden nuggets of time management that I can gift people, right? Oh and if, my gosh. Right. If you're going home and complaining about a toxic boss or you have a toxic parent, you've you've turned into a high performer because you've been trying to please a parent. Uh, it's very time consuming. Yeah. You're talking to your girlfriends about it. You're talking to your therapist mm. about it, you know, and really kind of the method to my madness is figuring out what problems you can solve, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is not someone else's personality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And then using that time, energy, creativity to get into solution-based thinking. I love that. I'm writing copious notes, guys. This is, <laughs> we're getting diamond-studded platinum wisdom bombs here. So, but, but Sarah, first of all, tell us, tell us your path. Like, how did you get to be a toxic-proof person? Toxic person-proof. <laughs> <laughs> the toxic person-proof. I think about it as bulletproof. Bulletproof. Toxic yes. person proof, right? And okay. so when I was a little girl, I dreamed of studying toxic people. No, of course I did not. <laughs> so I was just really the classic good girl, the classic mm -hmm. rule follower, which I believe mm -hmm. a lot of your audience members yep. are also. Yes, ma'am. Right? Yep. And so my undergraduate degree was in piano performance. Okay. Oh, wow. And yeah, thank you. And <laughs> so I started when I was four years old, pounding out Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the piano. Okay. Then I graduated to more difficult pieces, mm -hmm. but you know, by the time I was in high school practicing two hours a day to learn how to play mm -hmm. Beethoven and Chopin. Okay. Mm -hmm. You had to put in the work mm -hmm. and I Absolutely. learned, okay, if I want something to happen, I need to work harder, work smarter, put in the time, put in the practice hours, get my butt mm -hmm. on the bench and get my hands on the keys. Right. And it worked. I, I mm -hmm. earned, you know, piano scholarship, I very good piano player, right? That worked in that aspect. And I know your listeners, maybe it's calculus, maybe it's softball, maybe it's whatever in their life that they put in the time and they put in the work and expected to get results. And, and they usually did. did. And they did, right? Except when it came to a toxic relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So true. Because, so true. And I call that smart girl syndrome. Mm-hmm. It can be smart guy syndrome too, but I really am not a fan of the language of codependency. Obviously that's true in some circumstances, but it's mm-hmm. kind of an assumption that something's broken or messed up mm-hmm. within you. And what I have seen, I've worked with people who graduated from Harvard. I work with uh, Microsoft execs, PayPal execs. You know, I mean, I've seen these high flyers and high performers and they're ending up in toxic relationships. And I was like, what? what's happening? Like, what's going on? This is not what the stereotype of someone who's been in a toxic relationship is. You know, we kind of have this assumption, even the, the show Made that has recently come mm-hmm. out on Netflix, mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot of buzz and I appreciate that buzz. I appreciate the conversations in this area. However, again, it goes to the stereotype. Like this woman was, you know, working as a maid and, and couldn't afford to feed her child. And so it's really leaving out the, the totality and truth of this, which there are a lot of high performers and high flyers thinking if I work harder at this relationship, I can get the results I want. And in a toxic relationship, that's not true. Right. But the thing, this, I mean, this is my take on that because I'm thinking to my, my early toxic relationships. And the thing is, I was growing up, I never heard of a toxic person. I mean, there were people that I liked people that I didn't like, people that I, you know, I just thought it was normal, but I never had, like, my parents had a reasonably good relationship. You know, I didn't see, you know, abuse in any form. I didn't know, I didn't see jealousy in any form. I didn't see that uh, megalomania behavior, sociopathic, I didn't see any of that. And so when you come across that and you have had no exposure, I think you think exactly what you're saying. That, oh, I just need to work harder at this. Is, is, is that a typical? Absolutely. And if I may tell you a story about my grandmother, oh, um, she, we were driving in the car with my son and my son said, there's this kid at school that's kind of a bully. And I think he's, you know, bullying me. And my grandmother said, well, if he's being mean to you, he's probably lonely. You should be nicer to him so that he acts nicer to you. And I went ding, ding, ding. That is where it all started. That's where all the problems in my life. Not that I'm blaming my grandmother. She's Mm. wonderful. I'm actually going to visit her this weekend. Mm. But the, it was a, it was a ding, ding, ding moment for me because Mm. We have heard that a hundred times. If someone's acting badly to you, you should just be extra nice to them. And I say, right. no, I'm going to be extra nice to the people who are nice to me. <laughs> right. right. And be, I mean, I think maybe, I mean, the, the premise is probably that they're wounded, they're hurt. Absolutely. And, and that's probably true, but I'm not a therapist. I can't fix that, you know. For and a therapists can't person. either. Um, I've had a shockingly high (laughs) amount of therapists in my program because they have such kind hearts, right? They are empathetic. They are giving. Compassionate. um, Compassionate. So they're, again, you can be kind, Mm -hmm. but you don't want your kindness to be used against you. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's so impactful. And and important. Uh, uh, In my first book, I surveyed hundreds of women and kind Mm -hmm. of said, how'd you miss it? Mm-hmm, How'd you miss mm-hmm. it? You know, let's talk about toxic ball. So let's get, let's, it's actually national pizza day as, as we're, re, as we're recording this, let's get <laughs> okay. a group of 13 year old girls 
Mm-hmm. Give them some pizza, 13 year old girls, 13 year old boys, give them some mm-hmm. pizza and have a discussion and say, do you think if your boss keeps changing the rules on you, mm-hmm. that's good or bad? Do you think if your boss takes out their frustrations on you or takes credit for your work continuously, mm-hmm. a pattern of taking credit for your work, a pattern of making you feel small, uh, not appreciating you? Do you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around your boss mm-hmm. because in an abnormal way, you know, we always right. respect, right. but in a, in a extreme way or a personal relationship, you know, do you think it's okay if someone ghosts you or disappears for a weekend, you don't know where they are, or you catch them in multiple lies, or they say something like, I just watch a little bit of porn. And then you, they get uh, yesterday a call, then a major I mean, a major player in, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it had all these lawyers after him because there was a child pornography degree, you know, whatever it is, uh, right, right. if you had 13 year old kids, mm-hmm. they would be able to tell you those things were all red flags. Right, right. They would. Yes. Right. Yes. But something they would. happens right. between 13 and 33. When we start talking <laughs> right. ourselves out of them. Right. Right. Well, in the boss situation, I mean, a lot of times you don't get to choose your boss. And I, right. and I think at first, when you first realize that something is wrong with your boss, you, you well, first you just think it's like, oh, just this, he is having a bad day or she's just a little stressed out. And you, you kind of, don't we tend to make excuses for the other person? Like, I think you made a a good list, the behaviors, when they're on a consistent, habitual basis, right? Everybody, a pattern, right? Yes, and I say there's a a dog, there's a difference between a dog who bites you once Mm -hmm. and a dog who bites you daily. Right. Oh, right. right. I I want to really make that solid. You would never get rid of a dog who nipped at you because something happened or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was mm-hmm. scared or something. You would not get rid of, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time that would not be an extreme circumstance. But if your dog is biting you and the neighbors and everyone else every day, that's a real problem. Okay. So let me, let me position, let me ask you this question because I, ha- I, I think that toxic people treat people differently. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you and I both work for Toxic Bob. Only you don't have any problem with him, but I feel like he's picking on me. He's taking credit. He's vindictive. And you're like, I don't see that, Laura. I mean, we get along fine. What am I? Is something wrong with me? Or what is going on in that scenario? Because I, I do see that toxic people, they tend to like be able to bother certain people more than others. It's not a, not everybody has that terrible experience. Is that because some people are toxic person proof? So I would say that that could be a couple of variables. They, the person working with you may be better at playing the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Um, I have a dear friend who was in uh, corporate healthcare and she had a toxic boss and she said, I just tell him how wonderful he is all the time. I don't have any <laughs> problems with him. Right. I just like blow smoke up his butt. I tell him how great he is. I, and what I would say is she's good at playing the game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and what I really want to get away from in the, the toxic people conversation, because people kind of say like, well, that's not fair. And I said, there is nothing about toxic people that is fair. Okay. So we just need to right. throw fair mm-hmm. out the window and, okay. and talk about 
being strategic. I love that. That's one of my favorite words. <laughs> which where, which is the link to all the problem solving work that I'm doing and the decision making. You know, I mean, that's exactly mm-hmm. where this work has come from. It's very married to the toxic person proof stuff. In mm-hmm. my next book, uh, for your listeners, you may not mm-hmm. know, it's going to be on decision making and problem solving, and that's my next line of work um, because. It's the same thing to me. <laughs> Toxic yes. people are very complicated problems that require advanced decision making skills. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That totally depersonalizes the issue. And it's not like what's wrong with me, which I think is what just like with your piano background. And my stepdaughter is a piano major uh-huh. at College of Charleston and she practices many hours a day. And it's the same thing. She just thinks, you know, more practice to solve those problems, but then toxic people is not in the same category. So before we started recording, you were mentioning this study about, you know, the current situation, the study from MIT that refers to toxic people. Why don't you tell our audience about that? I think that they'll find it highly relevant. Absolutely. So between April and September of 2021, 24 million people left their jobs for some reason in America. Okay, so if you've you've probably heard of the Great Resignation, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've coached probably not to, not a million of them, but a lot of them prepare for those conversations, those high interviews. Uh, well, absolutely, and you know, the according to an MIT survey and according to Glassdoor, it is 10.4 times more likely that people are leaving because of a toxic work culture mm-hmm. versus compensation. I totally believe 10. that. Point four. And what is the media saying? You know, I mean, now the, the media is starting mm-hmm. to catch up, but people are assuming and, and bosses are consuming. My, my husband's in a uh, corporate, you know, and he's like, they're leaving because of, um, you know, they're getting a better paying job. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. not according to 34 million people being asked, <laughs> you know, right. um, <laughs> MIT, right. MIT's done a 34 million people survey and they're saying mm-hmm. it's 10.4 more likely that, um, it, it's a toxic work environment. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that was, totally resonates because it's, it's a pain in the butt to get another job unless somebody's calling you and just saying, Hey, Sarah, here's a job paying, you know, enormous buckets of money. Do you want it? That's not the normal case. You have to fix your resume. Some people haven't done that, including myself in years. Mm-hmm. And you have to fix the cover letter and you have to fill out these. All- it's a pain. So people aren't motivated to do that unless they're grotesquely underpaid, which is not the typical case. Mm-hmm. They would not do what I think you're the you and MIT. They're right on it that people are motivated to do all of that work when you have a paying job, because it's another thing if you're unemployed, to actually just take the time when you're already overworked, overwhelmed, over Zoom, do all that work, hire a communication (laughs) coach to help you prepare and shine. It's not the money. And, And I just don't see it. That becomes like part of the game of getting a job and negotiating a higher salary. And, but it's not what motivates you to pull out that resume and start rewriting it because nobody likes to do that. And change is scary, yes. right? I mean, it's it's a big deal to 
change companies, especially if you've been there for years and yes. start a new learning curve of, okay, who do I ask this question right. to, right? right. I don't know the system, maybe you could have a different login and it tank your whole day because of, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult to start over. Yes. And then, and then now I think people have the, the additional carrot that they probably won't have to move because, you know, location right. is important. If your kids are in school, you know, your family may be in town, but now that we're not as tied to location as before. So there's an extra carrot. There's like a hope, but um, definitely it is not, it's not just, Oh, I'm going to see if I can make 10% more money. It's, God, I can get away from this boss. But I do think, you know, time, let's talk about the tie between dealing with toxic people and decision-making because I see when people are in pain from their toxic boss, they, they are tend to make bad decisions because they're just thinking to get rid of this person. And that is not healthy, in my opinion. What What is your take on that? Well, I know you have a lot of leaders mm -hmm. uh, in 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 this group and so i'm gonna i'm gonna flip it and talk to both sides because we tend to only talk about who's above us right true right true so point. everyone's always complaining about their boss but we have to remember someone might be complaining about us she said that not me okay well and i say that to say work-life balance stress yes. is incredibly important. So if we have our high value employees quitting on us, mm -hmm. yes, we do. That, mm -hmm. that adds an insane amount of stress on our mm -hmm. already filled plate. So, so I want to kind of build from the ground up if I may. In this sure. Love it. Yeah. So uh, right now, more than any time, there's just such a payoff to complaining, a payoff mm -hmm. to victim mentality. And I want to say, my background is with people who've experienced toxic relationships, including abusive relationships. I actually have worked with victims. I am not making, I'm not saying bad things haven't happened. Okay. Right. But there's right, a right. Dif but there's a difference in a victim mentality. Well, well, right? well what is a victim? How would you, let's just define it. Like how would you just sure. define victim mentality? Someone who cannot talk they they talk about their problems rather than solve their problems oh that's so good right and why would you do that though why would you Gosh, just there's talk so about much it? payoff there is so much emotional payoff to complaining so um you know you get together uh harvard business review i, I think it was a 33 percent of employees time was spent in complaining Oh my gosh, I did not know that. That's it, it's it a makes sense. Uh, I'll send you in the show notes all these yes. things that I'm quoting. They're yes, all things from that, my next book. So, uh, but thirty three percent. Oh my wow, gosh, that's like, almost and half. That, well, that's what I say within the toxic person conversation, within the decision making conversation. Um, maybe my main motivation is really just to have more time. You want to talk about the work life balance, and people are. I, I do yoga. I do meditation. I take bubble baths. Okay. The reason <laughs> I, I have great, oh, you drink. Well, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> the, the reason, uh, you know, within the time management conversation, if you mm -hmm. are making better decisions, if you are surrounding mm -hmm. yourself and creating a team of solution-based thinking rather than complaining, and you are not constantly solving toxic people problems, you're going mm -hmm. to feel like you have 20 more hours a week. That is a right. promise. Right, right. That is that an is, absolute promise. 
it'd be so much ha- I mean you're gonna feel so much lighter but it's but it's a making that's a mental recalibration I think there it's you've really got to see that you know painful as this person is it's not that much in your circle of influence right if, if especially if it's your boss or if it's a whole toxic work environment so do you think that people can thrive and in a toxic work environment, would you not advise them to quit? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, unfortunately, what the data is showing us is there's a very high chance you're going to end up with another toxic culture. Okay. Is that because most cultures are really toxic despite the hype? Or is that because that's where the, all the high performers go, which includes a lot of sociopaths? What's the connection? Uh, great questions. Yeah. <laughs> These people are high flyers, right? I mean, they yes. will do everything they can to get to the top. And I don't want to say most CEOs are sociopaths. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch or a narcissist, but narcissism is a spectrum, right? Oh, so, is it? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not binary. Okay. I use the term um, toxic person very specifically because I think uh, by the time I die, Mm-hmm. What we are going to know about personality disorders is going to be so much more than, yes, than what we are sure. speaking right now. Right. Um, right. There's such a there's such an uptick. It is no longer mm-hmm. something that can be ignored. Yeah, Wh- whether in, in narcissism. Yes, unfortunately. People- yes, unfortunately. Oh, wow, Sarah, so, you're so, just pulling out all these gems here. It's not uh, that we're noticing; they're actually growing. Friend. I think it's both. I think it's both. So when you look up um, the term, I was looking up the word narcissism Mm -hmm. for for my book for something reason. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, according to Google, how often narcissism is mentioned in 1920 versus 2020. I don't remember. I mean, it was, it looked like a roller coaster, like those like, you know, where you're you're going up. And in 1920, (laughs) it would just wasn't in books. It wasn't a part of the print material. It wasn't part of the conversation or just very, I mean, literally it was like, barely any data right. on it. Right. And then by 2020, here mm-hmm. we go. I think it started with um, uh, romantic relationships and people mm-hmm. kind of getting divorced in, in that situation. Mm-hmm. Then you have people like Bill Cosby who fooled mm-hmm. us all. Right. 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 Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, and sure did. how many people, when you first heard about what was happening with Bill Cosby, you went, oh, that's not true. Those girls must be lying. Yeah, like, it could be true. That's what it I could thought. Be true. Yes, I know Bill be. Cosby. Yes. Right. And then as more, you know, whether it be religious leaders, uh, influencers, we, it just cannot be ignored at this time. And there's just right. too many people right. talking about it. Uh, so now, according to the great resignation, it's, you know, just as divorce rates have risen, now people are quitting jobs. Um, but narcissism is a spectrum. Okay. Okay. So we all have pieces of us that are a bit narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Except and that's me, appropriate. Right? <laughs> that, that is appropriate. Right. So I do think I'm good at what I do. I think I'm very good at what I do. Okay. Does that make me a narcissist? No, 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 right? Uh, But uh, when you, there's a a book called Rethinking Narcissism and and he dives into this about, you know, it's kind of a spectrum. um, And that's what, that's what I'm going with today. Okay. 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 And I think when we start really, we are just on the cusp of this conversation. So 
when I die, when mm-hmm. I have a dead yes. answer, I sure hope so. But today right. I'm going to go with that. But um, I have my own podcast, Toxic mm-hmm. Person Proof, and I've had so many experts and mm-hmm. authors in this area. They are all in agreement that there are actually more people in their 20s that are narcissistic versus people in their 60s, but it's not because they aged. It's it's because, you know, right. there were it's a higher percentage. Maybe that's helicopter parenting. Maybe that's everybody gets a trophy. Maybe that school systems changed, put a lot of pressure on the teachers to get results and took away oh, the pressure well, from the students. Also, just I think it's a price of prosperity. I mean, have it your yeah. way. You know, it's just, I, I think that the uh, unintended consequence of our being such a wealthy country. And, and and I think most people don't realize it until unless you've lived or visited extensively in third world countries as I have, and you see, oh gosh, so not everybody, you know, has uh, water in their electricity, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things that we so take for granted. So I, I, but- I think that we have to learn to deal with it. Well, and Laura, would you have ever changed the radio station in your parents' car? No. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in a, um, what was it? Shape up or ship out. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> my parents did not care about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Which we can find the balance in that. Yeah. You know. Right, but, right, but right. We have gone from, I grew up that way too. So I went, I would never change the station I would never say I don't like this song change the station that would that would be unheard of but now kids who are five have earbuds and get to listen to whatever they want okay there is actually less practice being selfless there's no need that like there's you're not there's the situations don't Come out like we didn't have earbuds when we were little, so everybody no. in the car had to listen to one station, and the driver, who was usually mom or dad, were deciding what that station was. And or watch nobody, that TV show. Or watch that TV show, right? Right. So they're calling them iGen, and obviously technology okay. allows you and I to connect today. There's some wonderful right. things about technology. Absolutely, absolutely. But leaders, employers. Business owners, I am screaming at you. <laughs> yes. Listen yes. to me. Pay attention. There is a train coming that we are just now talking about. So, I mean, I did not, uh, you know, I'm almost 40 and I did not get a job thinking they were going to cater to my needs. They are <laughs> thinking that now. They are. They absolutely are. Sometimes I hear people tell me about their job description they're in the, and really they're like, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, work more than seven such hours and it has to be a collaborative team and I have to be growing and I have to, you know, like it's all about what the person wants and not about the value they that they contribute. Exactly. But not every single case is like that, but definitely you hear it a lot. Well, you, you hear it and 24 million people quit their jobs last year. Right. And MIT saying it's because of a toxic work environment. And I, I mean, I am screaming this information. I am just screaming. There's a train coming. Your business right. better prepare for. Right. right. So how, and you, how are we supposed to prepare? Solution-based for thinking. Solution-based ah, thinking. I mean, okay, here okay. we go. When you create a culture 
Um, I always ask the question, what problem are you trying to solve? Okay. Yes, I asked that um, too, right. Right, so Ed McCracken, who was um, Silicon Graphics, I mm -hmm. heard it on a podcast this morning, um, that he was trying to work out this deal. He was selling a piece of his company. Um, it's a movie studio was trying to buy a piece of his company. They mm -hmm. were a hundred million dollars off okay. in their negotiations. Okay. Okay. And uh, he was in California, Silicon Valley. He like him and his group like meditated and got together <laughs> and, and, and like dug into those deep layers. And what they recognize is the problem they thought they were trying to solve. Okay. Practical mm -hmm. problems, negotiation problems. They thought they were trying to solve. Mm -hmm. There was mm -hmm. actually an emotional problem to solve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, with that, with a merger acquisition. Yes. Situation? Yes. Oh it was gosh. a different culture. And so right. that culture thought that they didn't like them or, you know, mm -hmm. there was, there was something, there was an emotional problem to solve, uh, which is the language I use in my next book, but anybody who's in sales, Mm -hmm. anybody who's in sales any, you well, know that's everybody everybody's everybody. selling their ideas that's i mean you're selling something if you're not selling for your company you're selling your expertise your ability to solve problems the value that you add i mean if you're moving up in the company you're definitely selling your the value that you add so that's mm -hmm. everybody well absolutely and so they ended up doing the deal in 20 minutes after they oh, recognized, wow. you know, that there was an emotional problem they weren't addressing. They were kind of focused in on the practical problem. Um, but even, you know, like I said, this is where the toxic person proof link is. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. worked with people who have actually been victims by their parents right. or partners or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I could sit around and kumbaya. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Right. Or train them in solution-based thinking where they mm -hmm. become empowered to, you know, even if they had learned helplessness or trauma or whatever. Mm -hmm, and again, mm -hmm. I work with very many high flyers who have experienced mm -hmm, this trauma and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, they get into solution-based thinking. They start to think about themselves as a powerful problem solver. Oh, they, that's they get so clear. It, it's, yes, everything. it's everything. It's everything. I mean, yes, it is. Exactly. It's that, that mental recalibration that allows you to see things differently and see it as a problem to be solved, not, you know, just a, a, a replaying ad for how awful somebody is, but let's, you know, find, what problem are we trying to solve? You know, that reminds me of when, when sometimes I have young, this particularly young women come to me and they want to be more confident and represent themselves better in their communication. And so I'll ask them, okay, so like what, what, what are the points that you're trying to make? How are you adding value? How, how are you moving the needle, making the boat go faster? And they've never thought about that. <laughs> they've only thought about how to be more, sound more confident, but they don't think about why they're speaking in the first place. And I said, like, if you have a clear problem that you're solving, a purpose to your communication, it's going to be more confident. Okay. So I, I love that. And that's exactly kind of that coaching strategy is what I'm talking about in my next book, both for communication and cultures and solving your own problems, right? Because it's all very linked, right? So I have three words for you, Laura. Spaghetti, <laughs> lawful action. Okay. I love the food 
words. I don't, okay, so tell me, spaghetti waffle action. Tell me. Spaghetti thinking is what those women were coming to you. And they were kind uh, of like, they were, what problem are you trying to solve? Be more confident. Okay. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really the problem they were trying to solve because it was a ton. It was like 10 mini problems that felt right. like one large problem. Yes. So true. Okay. Right. So uh, the idea at five minutes, five minutes, people can brain dump that spaghetti thinking, mm -hmm. all those noodles. Mm -hmm. ah, is it confidence? Mm -hmm. Is it this? What do I say? How do I say it? How do I get past a mental block mm -hmm. or a limited belief mm -hmm. in what I'm saying it? Okay. Spaghetti dump five minutes, mm -hmm. 10 mm -hmm. minutes, whatever you want to do. It usually only takes five. Yeah. Um, then here's the key step. You have to distinguish the difference between the emotional problems and the practical problems. Oh, how do you do that? It's very easy to see usually, right? When you write it down, because if I say I'm nervous about what to say, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm not sure I have the background. Maybe it's imposter syndrome. Uh, you know, imposter syndrome mm -hmm. is probably something your people are familiar with. Oh, um, I, I hear about it all the time. Right. <laughs> well, that's an emotional problem to solve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What specifically I'm going to say to add value is a practical problem to solve. Right, right, exactly. And once you get that, if you can solve the second one and the first one, at least mitigates, if not, goes away completely. Say it again for the people in the back, Laura. <laughs> that is what I am screaming, right? But yes. how many people are, and I call them emotional elephants, right? They're just like feeding these emotional elephants. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. but I need to get past my imposter syndrome before I, you know, take that leap. No. no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You but I know. Will. Whoever um, coins, I said that uh, most, what is, um, what is the imposter syndrome? It's just fear dressed up to party. Yes. You know, it's mm -hmm. don't give mm -hmm. it more credence. Just get beyond that. It, but people love to talk about their imposter syndrome like it's their friend. Are their frenemy, but they have this great relationship, and it's all the uh, imposter syndrome's always there for you. And it uh, completely stops you from solving the problem. I think absolutely, you just feed it. Even the right. studies feeding on it. You, you just feed that elephant, right? So it's blocking your path. You drop right. this huge emotional elephant in front of yourself, and I I think it's also dressed up as procrastination. Oh, good insight there. Right. Yes, because it's easier to talk about that than to solve the problem. <laughs> ding, 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 Laura. You're getting A plus. You're getting an A plus from me today, right? Yay, Laura. After but, 20 years of communication coaching, learn something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. And I yeah. am so deeply passionate about this because in all the work I have done and all mm -hmm. the books I've read and all the certifications, I'm like, no one's talking. People about don't this. talk. Yes, I know. I know. I know. They, they are not. I don't get it. <laughs> which, I, I, it's, which is what I'm obviously out to change and why it creates that toxic relationship with yourself mm -hmm. and why you can't get out of the toxic work situation or you have a, a culture, right? Okay, so toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everybody's complaining. Everybody's yes. feeding emotional elephants and mm -hmm. no one, everybody's unclear about what problem they're really trying to solve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And they, they never are. get into action. Yep. You're right. Right. And so, they, that, they, so they feel stuck. So they feel stuck. 
so they feel stuck, right? For another job and rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, right? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so spaghetti, dump, dump, dump. Mm-hmm. Try to start labeling some of those problems, yes. right? Yes. Like, yes. And I, I take a pen and I circle emotional problems to solve and underlying practical problems to solve. Okay, okay. okay? If okay. it's a communication problem, that's practical. Legal problem, mm-hmm. practical. Uh, logistical problem, practical. Um, you know, whatever, whatever right. it may be. Funding that, would be practical. Mm-hmm. People understand that. You know, when I when I say spaghetti dump and then separate out into waffles, they kind of go, oh, I don't know how. <laughs> and then I say, well, underline your practical problems and circle your emotional problems. And they go, oh, right. Okay. And, and they can do that usually very easily. Mm-hmm. So you want to take each of those problems and place them in their own waffle square. Okay. 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 When you okay. try to bite into spaghetti, it's messy. It's connected. You, you know, slippery. Slippery, right? Um, glued together. Uh, a mm-hmm. waffle, it's very clear and easy to take one bite, one mm-hmm. section, one problem. Right, right. I love this. This is so okay. practical. It is, it is, and, and applicable to everything, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's cleaning it out the closet to asking for a raise, to, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then obviously spaghetti, mm-hmm. waffle. Action. The most action. important pieces is once you have those waffle squares mm-hmm. to create action plans around each of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But and I then you're making very, progress. Th- I want to be very clear. By the time you get to that point, you can Google your answers. Oh, you're right. Exactly. Defining the problem, which also goes to asking the right question. And that's a big piece in communication, as you can imagine, asking the right question. So if you're thinking about the, at the waffle level, what is the question is, you know, what problem am I trying to solve? What's going on here? What can I actually impact versus, you know, somebody's unpleasant personality? Not a lot. Not a lot you can do about that. As far as I know, at least if somebody has the answer to that, Please call me and I, I put you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have. I'll pay you a lot of money. No, um, no and, and I call that what I call it a gravity problem, right? Um, so if tr- there are certain gravity problems that we cannot control, such mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Um, someone else's personality, the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. wish I had majored in uh, getting my, you know becoming a doctor instead of a dentist. Okay. That is a waste of time to talk about. Like it is a complete, it's wasting everyone's time. Right. You can spend 10 years in therapy dissecting that, or you can actually move into action. Right. 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 Um, Right. So certain things are gravity problems. You know, COVID has been a gravity problem that has impacted all of us. Obviously there's things that you can't control, but once you get into those action steps Mm -hmm. that literally Mm -hmm. you can Google at that point and you'll be able to see it. Exactly. Paste into search. Like (laughs) it is that easy by the time you get that that clarity. Right. Right. Oh my goodness, Sarah, this is going by so fast. We're we're running out of time. So I want to. um, We've covered a little bit about you know dealing with toxic people that they're 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 trending. They're they're on an upward trend. That you know we've got to separate. Not let them, I'll say, not let these toxic people keep you from solving your problems and and use the spaghetti waffle action to separate 
uh, emotional problems from practical problems, which you can solve and, and let the gravity, you know, just you're not going to change gravity. So, you know, based on your experience and talking to all the people and all the studies you've read and your work with Tony Robbins, um, I'm always telling people that we get that uh, sometimes they want to be a Tony Robbins in their communication. And I'm like, Tony Robbins is Tony Robbins. Let's you be just more effective communicating as you. But so how would you, you know, for our audience there, everyone listening what is, is considered a high performer, but you know, high performers, we always want to do more with less. We're always looking to the next milestone. Like how would you sum up your, um reflections and experience and what it takes to you know to go from a high performer to more high performer like how do you do that do not waste time on <laughs> okay. indecision do okay. not waste time hoping toxic people to i mean easy answer laura and, and the you know my assistants yeah. and stuff they're like i have no idea how you get so much done and i'm like well I make decisions quickly. <laughs> I yes, research-based decisions quickly. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I am not solving toxic people problems, right? Mm -hmm, and I'm solving mm -hmm. my own problems, okay? So in uh, the conversation around what problem are you trying to solve, the mm -hmm. second question I would ask is, is it my problem to solve? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that's, it is very true. Very true. And if you really start to streamline your energy and your thinking, and you'll have so much more time for creative solutions. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Right. And, and it's just really what I'm trying to get people into in that spaghetti waffle action and not solving the past, not solving emotional elephants, not solving toxic people problems. Not solving you know. gravity. <laughs> not solving gravity you can change the world I mean you can change people like you you put out a book last year and you're about to put out another book this year sure what are you doing right 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 I was just putting corrections on my own book uh yeah for the there's a that's a big I don't know if it's a, it's a big project but there's a lot of problems is, yes. inside for producing a book it, aren't there? this is my first one so uh it Congrats. definitely thank you thank you I can't wait so tell, tell us the name of your book that's coming out and uh, when it will be available. It will. I'm starting the first um, solution. They're going to be able to look uh, for my podcast. Problem solved. Decision made. Um, OK, I've been doing okay. the toxic person proof podcast, but I am, uh, you know, moving yes, in pivoting. into this space. I'm not pivoting. I'm, I'm, I'm a both and girl because I think okay. they are they are very hand in hand. So I'm not pivoting away from the toxic person proof, but I am, you know, within branding people who might not. Uh, understand that connection, you know, so problem tell, solved, so decision made. Uh, yes, problem solved, decision made. Um, okay. You can check out my website, sarahkramsey.com. Mm -hmm. um, and my next book, which will probably be out in about nine months, is uh, Getting Unstuck, Simple Strategies for Complicated Decisions. Oh, I can't wait to get that. All right, everybody. This has been such an exciting episode. I could talk to Sarah all day, which you all know as an introvert, that's saying a lot. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, she is not related to Dave Ramsey in case anybody sure. is um, wondering, as I was, so I did clarify that, especially when she said she was from Tennessee. I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if she's related to Dave. She is not. She's got her own world. So 
let's just just leave leave our audience with just one wisdom bomb that you know that they can play with today you know the day that they're listening to this something that kind of a low-hanging fruit uh way of thinking or upon something to ponder what would what would that one thing be that you'd like to leave the audience with I will talk about boundaries. Oh, good. Okay. One of everyone's favorite conversations. And there's, so there's a lot of pressure on people to have boundaries, which is great. But, but I want to go back to the story of the three little pigs. Okay. Okay. One little pig had straw boundaries. Mm -hmm. One little pig had stick boundaries. And Mm -hmm. one little pig had brick boundaries. Did any Love of the it. pigs change the big bad wolf? No. No, they did oh not. Right? They did not. And uh, in what problem you're trying to solve, I hear a lot of people working on or thinking they need to improve their boundaries. And really what they're doing is more smart girl syndrome, sneaky smart mm-hmm. girl syndrome. Okay, if mm-hmm. I improve my boundaries, then this person will change. And so there's absolutely strategies. You may need to change your strategy. hmm but I do want to say the purpose of boundaries is to protect pigs, not to change wolves. Oh, that is so good. All right, everybody. That is pretty powerful. And I know you are all grateful that you have tuned in to this episode of the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. And I appreciate your being here and spending this time with us again. You, you know, you can look in the show notes and find uh, some, some resources to, to what we've talked about today. But you have had the privilege of listening to Sarah K. Ramsey, and she is a problem solver, decision maker, and toxic person proof. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.